you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Show. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, still fully vaccinated, still dodging variants like Neo in the Matrix. Uh, we are almost through two whole weeks. As, uh, as always, I am joined by producer Justin, a cast of dozens behind the scenes. For those of you who are watching the video show, whether it is uh, through the NFL app, uh, the NFL Fantasy app, or on YouTube. Uh, and then, of course, Front and center, joined as always by Michael F. Florio and uh, Florio. It's we're two weeks in, and I feel like the theme of uh, Sunday was injuries because it was just a rough, rough day for injuries all around. Yeah, it was. Uh, I'm sure a lot of fantasy matchups were determined based on who had the healthier team this week because, especially in those first set of games, Marcus, like the first half of the afternoon games, it just felt like every time I looked up, another big name player was going out with an injury. 
Yeah, it was sort of my, my early Twitter feed was just a lot of, oh, no, so-and-so <laughs> is down, please come back. Uh, and, and, you know, so it, it always seems to happen. This time it seemed to happen in week two. Hopefully uh, this is the worst of it and we're able to move on. We'll talk about that in a little bit. we got plenty to talk about, though. We will look at some rookie running backs. Uh, most notably, what is going on with Trey Sermon in San Francisco? We'll also have our week three waiver wire targets and – we will preview Monday Night Football with the Lions and the Packers. But uh, before we get to any of that, let's dive in uh, with a few fantasy headlines, shall we? And uh, let's start by talking about a lot of those injuries because a lot of them came to quarterbacks. Uh, a handful of notable quarterbacks had to leave the game because of various issues. One of them was Carson Wentz. Uh, who left the game against the Rams on Sunday with not just one injured ankle, but two injured ankles. He's having tests on Monday to determine the severity of them. Now, I'm not going to sit here and you know, sell you a story about putting Jacob Eason into your fantasy lineup. That's definitely not going to happen. But for you, Florio, being one of the biggest Jonathan Taylor stands out there, uh, how worried are you about a guy who's had kind of a mediocre start to the season and now isn't going to have his starting quarterback? I'm definitely a little bit more worried today than I was a couple days ago. Like, I was willing to give Taylor a pass for what he did in week two. He had a solid week one to open up, but didn't find the end zone. So he didn't do that again in week two. But for me, I was like, all right, he was playing the Rams. Like, that, that is the toughest defensive matchup, or at least one of, in football. So seeing him get the 15 carries was encouraging, but the production wasn't. Uh, but now with no Carson Wentz, you'd have to imagine if Wentz is out going forward, at least for, like, week three and maybe beyond, Teams are going to stack the box against Jonathan Taylor, so it, it only makes life harder for him. I still think he's on that like RB1 borderline, uh, but definitely a little bit lower now than he was coming into the season. Uh, Rich Rebar, the great Rich Rebar, tweeted uh, on Monday morning that uh, Jonathan Taylor has racked up a league-leading eight touches inside of the 10, six touches inside of the five-yard line through two weeks. Zero touchdowns, so it's it's a tale of good and bad. The opportunity is there, the production hasn't been so far, but you got to believe if they keep feeding him, uh, that is certainly going to change. Uh, in Chicago, Andy Dalton left the game with a knee injury uh, in their game against the Cincinnati Bengals. One that I was hoping would be a revenge game for Andy Dalton, but uh, he did not last too for too particularly long, uh, according to our own Ian Rappaport. Initial exams showed no ACL tear, no damage to the MCL. There's going to be an MRI on Monday, but it looks like he has uh, avoided any sort of major injury. Now, the other wrinkle to this, Florio, is that uh, on Monday morning, Matt Nagy was asked whether or not Andy Dalton is still his starter when he is healthy. Nagy sort of danced around the question only to have Bears PR come back in the room and say that he will be the starter if healthy. But... Let's assume that something you know is bad enough to keep him out at least one week. The Bears have the Browns coming up in week three. If there is no Andy Dalton, do you feel comfortable starting Justin Fields in your fantasy lineup? Uh, this is kind of a uh, on-the-fence answer, but I think it depends on your options. Like, obviously, if you have like a Matt Stafford or even like a Ryan Tannehill, I, I would go with those guys over him. But if you're using a more fringy option, I'm fine getting Justin Fields in there. Look, I understand that he didn't look great 
yesterday coming in off the bench for Andy Dalton. Only completed 6-13 passes for 60 yards and an interception. Did add 31 rushing yards with his legs, and that's why I like him for fantasy because what he can do when he starts running. We saw in week one, he rushed for a touchdown coming in in limited usage. And then in the preseason, we saw what we wanted to see, right? Like we saw him throwing the deep ball. We saw him adding points with his legs. He just makes the Bears offense way more dynamic than Andy Dalton, who is like a dink and dunk quarterback at this point in his career. So I I think it would lift the Bears and even be another more useful piece for the quarterback position. Um, But it's just weird. Either Matt Nagy loves Andy Dalton or maybe Justin (laughs) Fields isn't as good as we assume because he seems a little hesitant to get him in there. But I would be excited to get this guy in fantasy going forward. I think he's one of the top ads this week. I think so, too. You talk about the rushing ability, and the name that springs to mind is is Jalen Hurts, who yesterday didn't have a great game throwing the football against the 49ers, which isn't really a surprise, but because he was able to pick up 82 rushing yards and a touchdown, he ends up having a decent fantasy day. And I think the hope is that Justin Fields can sort of do something like that. If he's not throwing it well, that he'll find other ways to score uh, for your fantasy team. Real quick, and, and we'll talk waiver wire a little bit later, but there are a couple waiver wire names I'm would you start uh who would you start between Justin Fields and Daniel Jones this week going against the Falcons I would go with Daniel Jones there because not only does he have a great matchup against Atlanta but he rushed for almost 100 yards and a touchdown it could have been over 102 that is elite rushing production out of a quarterback position and He has now led the Giants in rushing two weeks in a row. I flip-flopped. Originally, I had Fields as the top quarterback uh, ad, but as I was writing about them, I was like, I I has to be Daniel Jones right now, the the way he's running the ball. Uh, And then, real quick, what does this mean for David Montgomery? Is this good or bad, having Justin Fields potentially at quarterback? I like to think it's good because he's been splitting a lot of the passing down reps with Damian Williams, so I don't love that, but... Justin Fields, at the least, his running ability, will, I believe, will help open up some lanes. You you could run the option with him. So I, I think it'll be a plus uh, for Montgomery. But I would like to see Damian Williams a little less utilized in the passing game. <laughs> yeah, that has been – I mean, he has really stepped in and kind of been the Tariq Cohen uh, for this offense so far. And I, I do just kind of wonder if it's Fields. I think that does maybe take away from Montgomery's target share, but maybe it does help him. Uh, a little bit as a rusher. Um, In Houston, Tyrod Taylor suffered an injury in their game against the Cleveland Browns. Uh, He has been ruled out for this week. The Texans are playing on Thursday night against the Carolina Panthers. You can see that game, of course, on NFL Network. Um, So it looks like Davis Mills is going to be the starter because Tyrod not playing. Uh, Reports on Monday were that Deshaun Watson is going to be held out again in week three. This could be a recurring pattern for him. So Brandon Cooks has been about the one guy that we consistently like in this offense. Do we still like him if it's Davis Mills slinging the rock? Yeah, I I do. And first, I feel bad for Tyrod Taylor because he was playing well, but once again, just an injury is going to sideline him. But Davis Mills threw the ball yesterday 18 times. Half of those went to Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks finished week two with 14 targets. Marcus, no other Houston Texan player had more than two. I mean, it it is remarkable how much of a target share this guy is seeing right now. And prior to this week, weeks one and two, I had him ranked right outside the the top 36 wide receivers, so more of a flex option. Um, 
I think that's where I'm going to keep him. I was all ready to give him a big boost with Tyrod Taylor, but now with David Davis Mills, I think he stays as like a low-end wide receiver three or flex option, but the upside is clearly higher as he's getting huge volume each week. I mean, there really is no one else that you can count on in that pass catching group besides Brandon Cooks. So uh, I would imagine he's going to stay a target monster regardless. But yeah, I, you know, I just worry about the quality of targets. Uh, if it's Davis Mills, maybe the volume goes up and the quality goes down. So who knows? Maybe in the end, it ends up being a wash. So if you've been starting Brandon Cooks, probably as a second or third wide receiver, uh, I guess this is just a long roundabout way of saying, I guess you can continue to start him as a second or third wide receiver, uh, depending on your circumstance. Uh, other note, though, Tua Tungavailoa did leave the game uh, with a rib injury, and now the report is that it's just about pain tolerance, so he may be available to play this week for the Dolphins. So uh, take that for what it's worth if you're starting him in a 2QB league or if you're starting maybe any of the other options in the uh, Miami passing game. Uh for the Rams, kind of a potentially big situation here. Daryl Henderson suffered a rib injury on Sunday in their win over the Indianapolis Colts. Now, we don't have any further information on how severe it is. Uh, tests are expected to be coming on Monday, so uh, we'll find out, probably when the rest of you do, via social media as uh, Monday goes along. Sonny Michelle did get some work on Sunday for the Rams offense. Obviously, the role gets bigger if there is no Daryl Henderson. So how much would you trust maybe starting Sonny Michelle in week three? If they were playing anyone else other than the Bucs, I think that you could trust Sonny Michelle if Daryl Henderson is out. The Bucs make him a tough a tough option to trust. I think I'm going to work on, I'm working on the rankings later today, but I think I'm going to have him as either like a borderline RB2. He might just be outside the top 24, but I think he will be in the top 30. The thing is Henderson, when, when he was healthy, like the first six quarters of this season, he was dominating all the work there. So McVay clearly trusts uh, using like a one RB system and Henderson was finally getting the shot, but then, you know, his issue has always been uh, durability. So right now, with him out, we saw Sony Michelle play 27% of the snaps, and he had 10 carries for 46 yards. Uh, that is useful, and maybe not against the Bucks. You, you'll be excited to start him, but if Henderson misses more time than that, I think Michelle definitely comes into play. I think he definitely is going to kind of get some work. I, I was wondering how much of a role he was going to have, even if Henderson was healthy, whether or not Sean McVay was going to sort of rotate the two guys in there. But as you mentioned, if Henderson is gone for any length of time, Michelle immediately steps into that RB1 role. Uh, beyond him, though, it gets a little bit murky back there in Los Angeles. Um, and so you're right. Maybe this isn't the week. Uh, you're going to rush him in there against Tampa Bay? Perhaps not, but uh, he is worth uh, having on the roster in case Henderson does miss an extended period of time. We will take a quick break. We'll come back. We will look at the top performers from Sunday. We'll talk about some guys that uh, may be disappointed as well, left you wanting in your fantasy lineup in week two. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. 
Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay. So you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah. Like, check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, <laughs> hey, hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self, and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Take a look at the top performers from week two. And, of course, there's still one more game to be played in week two. But the Derrick Henry, top of the heap, with uh, nearly 48 fantasy points. Cooper Cup at number two. Kyler Murray uh, making an early bid for fantasy MVP at the number three spot. Lamar Jackson helping the Ravens come back to win. Uh, he's at number four. Tyler Lockett appears at number five. Tom Brady uh, off to another hot start. He's number six. Daniel Jones at seven after his big Thursday night. Terry McLaurin is at number eight. 
8. He had a big Thursday night as well. Kirk Cousins at 9. And Cortland Sutton rounds out the top 10 at 24.9 fantasy points. You look a little bit deeper, some interesting names pop up. Rondale Moore uh, had a huge day for the Cardinals. He falls in at number 13. Patrick Mahomes at 15. Uh, Cordero Patterson is at 16, tied with Travis Kelsey. And Marquise Brown uh, at 19. Tony Pollard rounds out the top 20. But um, let's talk about some of these names that went big in week two. The first one is Derrick Henry, who I thought he was going to bounce back, Florio, but I was thinking of bounce back uh, along the lines of like, you know, 20, maybe 25 points. Uh, instead, he gets you 47.7. So uh, I guess any concerns we had with that Titans offense, maybe you are gone now? Yeah, I mean, Derrick Henry gave us his yearly near 50-point fantasy performance. He had 180 rushing yards and three touchdowns. Marcus, that's almost an average game for him at this point. But what really <laughs> stood out to me was how they're using him in the passing game. Six targets, a career high. Six catches, a career high. His previous was four. 55 yards in the passing game, the third most in his career. In fact, the two games that he had more, he had one catch in each of them, so he just broke a really long catch. But... He now has 10 targets through two games. And Marcus, this is a guy that we said if they could throw the ball to him three times a game, he could be the RB1. So seeing him getting used in the passing game, remember there's a new offensive coordinator here. This could be something that sticks moving forward. I think Derrick Henry is Christian McCaffrey's biggest rival to finish as the RB1 now if this continues. And I think a like historic season is, in, is on the table for Derrick Henry if this continues. The pass-catching element was really the only thing missing for Derrick Henry, and you're right. Ten targets through the first two games. He set a career high last year with 31 targets, and that was in a 16-game <laughs> season. So at this pace, uh, he's on pace to break that by, like, you know, the seventh game of the year if, if this sort of continues. We'll see how it happens. But uh, I tweeted yesterday that, that – Todd Downing, the offensive coordinator, throwing the ball to Derrick Henry was a happy learned how to putt moment in which everyone should say, uh oh. Uh, yes. So we'll see. But uh, it was a, it was a really good bounce back game for Derrick Henry. Um, Cooper Cup, uh, phenomenal through the first two weeks right now and looking very much like a league winner. Uh, as somebody who's been a Robert Woods proponent, I have a case of the sads. But uh, I mean, Maybe we should have seen this coming, right? Because uh, Matthew Stafford tends to fall in love with one particular receiver, and right now it looks like Cooper Cup is that guy. Yeah, Cooper Cup's been having breakfast with Matthew Stafford every day we found out last week. Uh, I, I <laughs> joked with Adam Rank the other day, Marcus, that he's kind of a – Cooper Cup is kind of a teacher's pet after, you know, living with Jared Goff. Now he's waking <laughs> up early for breakfast with Stafford every day, but – it's paying off through two games. He's got a 38% target share, a 31% air yard share. He's averaging 133 yards per game, over 30 fantasy points per game, and he already has three touchdowns, which matches his 2020 total. So this guy is not only looking like a wide receiver one, and I think he needs to be valued as one moving forward, but he, like you said, he is true league winning upside right now. And when you watch the highlights of what he is doing, I mean, before when it was Jared Goff, he 
just sort of was maybe a, a, an above average slot receiver and he was doing great things after the catch. Now with Matthew Stafford there, they're using him to stretch the field some. They're still using him underneath. He just has a wider variety of routes that he's running because he has a quarterback that can get him the ball on a wider variety of routes. So uh, I still do think at some point Robert Woods is going to have some big games, but at least through the first two weeks of the season, it is very apparent uh, that Cooper Cup is BFFs right now with Matthew Stafford, which makes me wonder, how does Clayton Kershaw feel? Is he going to be elbowed aside uh, as Matthew Stafford's friend in favor of Cooper Cup? Or maybe they just all like... Like they all learn to vibe together, you know. Once the Dodgers are their season ends, whether they win the World Series or not, you're just gonna start seeing Clayton Kershaw on the Rams sidelines like every day, just hanging out, right? You know, it's, it's, it's gonna be <laughs> weird. Like Matthew Stafford's gonna invite his work, you know, meet have his work friends, meet his like you know real friends, and it's gonna be like worlds colliding for him. Uh, an interesting name that was in that top twenty that I, I sort of glossed over: Cordero Patterson, who at least on the depth chart, is the RB2 for the Atlanta Falcons. But, Mike, through the first couple of weeks, I mean, he really looks like he is closing that gap in terms of usage and production with Mike Davis in Atlanta. Yeah, he outproduced Mike Davis yesterday. He played 35% of the snaps. He had seven carries. I know he only rushed for 11 yards, but he did find the end zone. But what you have to love, five catches for 58 yards and a touchdown on six targets. Mike Davis yesterday had nine carries and just seven targets. So these two are, while the snaps are going more towards Davis, the workload is is almost a 50-50 split. At least it was in week two. And Patterson is explosive. We know that. That's what he's made a career off of being. But what I find most interesting about him is they lined him out wide at times as well. 25% of his snaps were played out wide, and then he gets usage out of the backfield as well. He's just kind of a chess piece that the Falcons can move all over the field. They're still, I think, trying to figure out the offense a little bit. They know that they have two really good pass catchers in Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts. Um, But I think we're also reminded why Mike Davis, to this point in his career, has sort of been a journeyman and a career backup. Uh, And it seems like Arthur Smith and the Falcons aren't sold on making him a true workhorse back. And so, you know, I I think when we first saw Cordero Patterson was going to be a running back, I think we sort of like, all right, whatever. We kind of blew it off and didn't think much of it. But now, through the first couple of games, I think it's worth paying attention to, especially in an offense that is probably going to be playing from behind a lot, is probably going to throw the football a lot. Uh, And Patterson, being kind of a Swiss Army knife, I think has a lot of opportunity to have some standalone value and probably should be picked up uh, in more leagues and put on more rosters. And I think this is a week we're going to start to see that happen. All right. So we go from the good to the bad. That brings us to uh, something we brought back from last year. I'm salty. We talk about some of the biggest disappointments of the week. And uh, Florio, maybe one of the biggest fantasy disappointments was literally a stone's throw from where our brand new shiny offices are in Inglewood. We were thinking there were going to be all kinds of points in that Cowboys Chargers game. Uh, and that just wasn't the case on Sunday. That was a huge disappointment. Yeah, it was awesome working right next to SoFi whenever there would be points scored because there was a lot of Cowboys fans there too. We would hear, you know, fireworks and screaming and everything, but we should have heard it a lot more than we did. Dak Prescott finished his game with single-digit fantasy points. Amari Cooper was a huge letdown, but what really aggravated me was the Chargers side of the ball. Like, 
Austin Eckler had himself a day. Keenan Allen put up numbers. Mike Williams' day came through in a big way, but it could have been a lot more. Mike Williams had a 30-plus yard catch called back due to penalty. Justin Herbert had like a 40 or 50-yard touchdown taken off the board due to penalty. Then he had another touchdown pass to Jared Cook taken off the board. That's There was three touchdowns they had called back, Marcus. They had so many big plays just taken away, and a lot of people were blaming the refs, and I get it. The refs got way too whistle-happy in this game, and they were, they were just it was frustrating but the Chargers and their coaching staff and their players need to be held accountable I joked on Twitter that you know if I was the owner of the Chargers I'd even have the coaches running laps after this game they left so much points on the field it's going to cost people fantasy weeks myself potentially being one of them it, it just was not I really thought we were going to be talking about a ton of scoring back and forth that everybody was going to be involved uh you know I I had you know really pushed hard on the idea of Jared Cook as a sleeper uh, I thought he was going to have a touchdown, and that one got called my, back. My eyes uh, saw him have one, Marcus, so I, I think <laughs> you can celebrate that. All right, sweet. I will take it. Uh, I'll take that W right there. But, yeah, it just it just never panned out the way that we thought it was going to. Uh, by the way, shout-out to, to Trayvon Diggs, who's a guy that you need to pay attention to. Like, if he is covering one of your fantasy wide receivers, you might want to think twice about it because so far he's uh, done a good job of locking down on people. He uh, shut down Mike Evans, and uh, when he was on Keenan Allen, really made it tough on Keenan to, uh, to make some plays there. Uh, I'm salty about Alvin Kamara. I mean, this is a guy that I was really big on as the number three running back. I know it's just one game, but it was a bad game. And where in one that we all thought the Saints were going to step up. They, they looked great against the Packers in week one. So we figured, well, why not? They'll keep it going against the Panthers. I mean, that defense isn't nearly as good. Instead, you get seven whole fantasy points from Alvin Kamara. Four of them came on catches. He had four catches for 25 yards, eight carries for five yards. The Saints just looked discombobulated all the way around, could never get anything going offensively. Uh, and so chances are, if you have Evan Kamara, you are really probably fighting for a win this week, or you may not have gotten one because the guy that you were expecting to get you big numbers got you next to nothing. Uh, obviously, you're not sitting Alvin Kamara. And uh, next week, they've got New England. Hopefully they're more productive, but uh, I'm kind of salty about the way things went down with Kamara and the Saints offense in week two. Let's talk some rookie running back, shall we? Last week on the Rookie Report, we talked about the wide receivers who showed up pretty big in week one. So week two, we'll look at the runners. Uh, I got a quartet of them here. and Let's start with Najee Harris, who in week one, Florio, he got all the snaps. He got a ton of touches. The production wasn't particularly great, but uh, in week two, things looked better. 81 total yards, five catches, had a receiving touchdown, also had a really nasty stiff arm on Jonathan Abram that made a ton of highlights. But as I went back and watched this game, uh, the Steelers' offense, I guess to be kind, is kind of boring. Uh, it's a lot of short throws. Every now and then, Ben maybe tosses one deep, but there's just not a lot that gets you fired up. Should we be worried about maybe this offense kind of putting a lid on Harris's overall production? I'm not worried yet because I don't think we've seen the big Najee Harris, like the ceiling yet for Harris. I think last week was the floor, obviously, and I think this week was more like, uh, I wouldn't say an average week, but closer to that, I think, than the, than the ceiling. Like, 
He has played at least 95% of the snaps in both games, has at least 15 touches in both. We know he is going to be heavily used in the passing game. I do think the short passes kind of hurts him because it keeps everything kind of bunched up at the line of scrimmage. You need some shots downfield to open things up near the line of scrimmage. But the offense and the offensive line have been the concern for Najee since you know the draft. But I'm not too worried yet. I think the usage is remarkable, and it's what we've wanted to see so far. So if I have Harris, uh, I'm not feeling great, but I'm also not too worried just yet. I, I keep saying... All of the metrics are there. Everything we want from our running backs are there. We just haven't seen the big production yet. But it's it's getting incrementally better. Week one, not great. Week two, definitely a little bit more productive. I would like to see uh, Big Ben stretch the field a little bit more, take some of those shots downfield to, uh, to chase Claypool, uh, and maybe back off the defense. But... Uh, as long as they're still going to load up uh, Harris with you know, 15, 20, 25 touches per game, I think the, the opportunity is going to be there. One thing to keep an eye on, uh, Deontay Johnson at the very end of that game uh, suffered an injury. So that's something to sort of uh, monitor as the week goes along uh, about what happens with him and, and what that means for the, the rest of the Steeler offense. But uh, Najee, I think, is going to be okay long term. Um, it was not a good day for the Jets, but Michael Carter was okay. Uh, he got you 88 total yards, had a pair of catches. Um, I think we saw the de-emphasized, uh, we saw de-emphasized uh, Tevin Coleman in the offense in week two. We did see uh, some Ty Johnson, but Michael Carter seems to be taking the lead. Would you flex him next week against the Denver Broncos? I think he's going to be in that discussion. It would depend on options, but I definitely think Michael Carter is a name that if he is still out there on the waiver wire, he needs to be grabbed this week because, like you said, Tevin Coleman, he played less than 10% in the snaps. He kind of looks cast aside. Ty Johnson and Carter each played 46% in the snaps. Johnson had 12 carries. Carter had 11. But what I love, Marcus, is all three running back targets went to Michael Carter. They were no one else utilized in the passing game. Carter is the most explosive option of those three. Uh, Coleman is what he is at this point, and Ty Johnson has been a journeyman throughout his career. So I think Michael Carter is going to have every opportunity as the year goes on to carve out a larger and larger workload. So next week, he's not a slam dunk flex option, I don't think, but he's definitely in that discussion, and moving forward, his upside is a lot higher than that. I, I did think, and I, I'm not the only one, who, who felt like Carter was going to maybe take a couple of weeks to really get up to speed, that we'd see Tevin Coleman early, and eventually he would sort of be pushed to the background. Maybe that's happening sooner rather than later. Uh, the only real concern for me, and you know, yesterday sort of highlighted it, is that there will be weeks when the Jets just have issues moving the football because of the defense, because of the growing pains of such a young team. Uh, we saw that yesterday, and you know there will probably be more games like that in, in this season. So that's one thing to sort of keep in mind. And so you're right. Whoever you have on your bench or in your lineup will probably impact how much you like Michael Carter this week. Um, but it, it at least shows that they are willing to sort of give him more responsibility, and that's kind of what we want, especially for a, a young player. Um, it's going to be a North Carolina reunion, a Tar Heel running back reunion this week. 
the other guy that was in that backfield last year, Javante Williams, now with the Denver Broncos, uh, had his best pro game. I know there's only been two of them so far for him, but uh, this one uh, was his best game. 74 total yards. Uh, he did have a reception. Uh, obviously, he is still sharing time with Melvin Gordon in that backfield, but he outproduced Gordon on Sunday against the Jaguars. Uh, are you comfortable saying he's a weekly flex option at this point? Yeah, I am. I, I think that you do have to worry about Melvin Gordon right now. Like in week one, they each played 50% of the snaps and Williams had one more touch than Gordon. This past week, it was 42% of the snaps for Williams, 58 for Gordon with one more touch going Gordon's way. So there's they're really splitting it down the middle in this backfield right now. But Williams is the more explosive option, in my opinion. I know Gordon had that one really long run in week one against the uh, against the who did they play the giants uh, i'm sorry the giants yep the giants i was gonna say the jets yeah <laughs> but then this past week it was williams who was more productive i think they're both flex options until one really runs away with the job but i don't see williams being phased out of this offense after they traded up to get him in the second round whereas melvin gordon i think we could see he's a free agent after this year we could see his workload dialed back as the year goes on so i think williams is a flex option for now but his upside is a lot higher if he can just carve out a larger role that's sort of my thought too is that as the year goes along we're going to start to see the pendulum swing more toward javante williams getting opportunities in this backfield i think both guys are, are good and they're both going to be uh, given the football but i think the upside is more on the side of williams so i'm i'm uh, that was why i tried to draft him in a lot of places it got a lot harder as we got closer to the start of the season because i think a lot of people believe that this is going to be his backfield before too long uh there in denver all right, so those were the, the three good ones. We got to get to the, the bad, the confusing, the I don't know what's happening here situation. And that's Trey Sermon uh, with the San Francisco 49ers. Healthy scratch in week one, which nobody saw coming. Uh, then heading into week two, we keep hearing reports. Uh, the offensive coordinator says he's practicing hard. He's, you know, we're excited for him to get his opportunity, uh, especially after the injury to Raheem Mostert. Uh, everyone expected that Trey Sermon was going to be on the field, maybe playing behind Eli Mitchell. He was active. He was not the guy behind Eli Mitchell. He ended up getting one snap, had one carry, uh, took a really nasty fall and suffered a head injury. Um, but, Mike, this didn't even happen until the fourth quarter. I mean, up until then, it was Elijah Mitchell and Jamichael Hasty getting all the work. Uh, we didn't see Trey Sermon until both those guys at some point had left with injuries. This is two weeks where we have barely seen Trey Sermon on the field. Uh, I would imagine a lot of folks are starting to panic. What should they do about this right now? Uh, I, I mean, I think... Sermon is very close to like you could just drop him at this point like there's no way you could even consider getting this guy in your starting lineup for me he is behind like I would drop him for Michael Carter or any of these rookie running backs that they are still out there that we have just spoken about I mean Jamichael Hasty had five carries and even more impressive than that Marcus five targets and four catches I thought Jamichael Hasty was playing over Sermon in week one for special teams purposes. That was clearly not the case. He <laughs> remains ahead of Sermon. Elijah Mitchell is clearly ahead of him. And then we have to worry about Trenton Cannon getting utilized too as well. Sermon, if you want to hold on to him, if you think better days are coming and he's going to get more usage because there's no Mostert this whole season, 
that's the only thing I think you have to hold on to him right now. There's nothing that we've seen for how they use him, anything Kyle Shanahan has said about him or anything that makes me even remotely feel good about this guy going forward. It It is really a, a messy situation back there. Uh, and then, of course, uh, it appears that uh, Sermon is going to be going through concussion protocol this week, so that's something to sort of keep an eye on. If you're in a dynasty league, Hold on to him because I think there is a path for him. But right now, if you're in a redraft league, and especially if you've got maybe a short bench, um, it's it's probably not worth waiting on him because it just doesn't look like he's going to get that kind of workload anytime soon. Not what any of us anticipated, uh, but at least through the first two weeks of the season, it appears. Look, Shanahanigans is what I got on the board behind me. Shanahanigans uh, have raised their head in Santa Clara through the first two weeks of the season. All right, we will take a break, come back, and we will look at the waiver wire for week three, a chance to maybe improve some spots on your roster. We'll also talk about some guys that maybe you can let go in order to help improve your roster. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. 
Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Take a look at some of the waiver wire picks. Uh, Michael F. Florio puts it together every single week. You can check it out at NFL.com slash waiver wire. Quarterbacks and running backs, who should people be looking at? Yeah, we spoke about Justin Fields. We are both excited about him. Derek Carr and Sam Darnold and even Teddy Bridgewater, they just through two weeks have got the job done, should be picked up. Michael Carter is someone we said we're excited for. And then you get James White, J.D. McKissick not going away in the passing game. And we spoke about Sony Michelle with Daryl Henderson potentially out moving forward. And then some receivers and tight ends. Devontae Parker is just too low-owned on NFL.com rosters. Henry Ruggs had a big game this week. So did Rondell Moore. Jamison Crowder, the Jets just love throwing to slot receivers. And at tight end, Jared Cook's touchdown didn't count, but it happened. And then Jack Doyle and Max <laughs> Williams did get some big usage in week two. So with tight end being gross, there are options you could pick up. I don't think the Cardinals have ever had a fantasy-worthy tight end. Uh, at least you know, not one uh, of any real note. Uh, aside from the occasional Ricky Seals-Jones appearance or something like that. Uh, so Max Williams would be a breath of fresh air uh, for fantasy managers. Um, a couple of names that I wanted to dive into. One is Daniel Jones, who had the huge game on Thursday night for the Giants, was the leading rusher, uh, had one rushing touchdown, had another one that was actually called back because of a penalty. Um but even then, you go back his week one, gave you 20-plus points in the first week. We have been waiting for the Daniel Jones, the Danny Dimes breakout. Uh, is it starting to happen now, or is this just a couple of good matchups? No, I think it's starting to happen, at least for fantasy purposes. Uh, I think he can be like what Josh Allen was before Josh Allen became like an MVP-type candidate, which is he could be a QB1 just because of what he gives you with his legs. Then you add in that he could throw like 250 yards in a TD like he did in Week 2, and then you're talking about a really useful fantasy quarterback. I mean, 95 rushing yards and a touchdown, that is Lamar Jackson type of production. And like you said, Marcus, it could have been even better he was looking to run often. There was a lot of design runs for him as well. This looks like a part of his game that is not going to go away. And we talk about it all the time. Russian quarterbacks are cheat codes in fantasy football. In the bigger part, through the first two weeks, he's limited the turnovers. He's lost one fumble, but through two games, doesn't have an interception just yet. And, and that has been my contention, that if he can ever just curb the giveaways, uh, then suddenly he does turn into that quarterback that we all think he can be. It's just that so far in his career, uh, that has been the one thing really holding him back. In the same division, Tony Pollard had a really big game in Week 2 for the Cowboys going against the Chargers. Uh, week 1 was on the field quite a bit. Uh, at this point... Does this mean the Cowboys have two usable running backs? I mean, are we confident that uh, Tony Pollard deserves to be in lineup somewhere now? Yeah, I think Tony Pollard could carve a large enough role. I think he's in the process of doing so where he is a weekly flex option. But what I think is if Ezekiel Elliott was to go down, like if Zeke got hurt, 
Tony Pollard is an RB1 right away, no questions asked. That's why I think he's this week's top pickup. This week he had 13 carries and three targets going for 140 yards and a touchdown. But when you look at the numbers, like he averaged more yards before and after contact than Zeke did. We know he is more, he's faster, he's more explosive runner at this point in his career. And Marcus, I saw you having some fun on Twitter yesterday saying that he is the Cowboys' best running back. <laughs> I, I know you were you were kind of joking, but... There was a lot of times where he often has looked like their most explosive runner. So I think he's just going to continue to carve out a role in this offense. Yeah, I was I was definitely trying to stir the pot a little bit. <laughs> like, but I think there are people that are, um, you know, starting to at least embrace the notion that he should be getting more work. I don't know that anybody is fully on the side of, you know, Zeke should be pushed aside. But I do think there's conversation about Tony Pollard getting more opportunity in this offense. And certainly, as you mentioned, there were times on Sunday when he looked like he had way more burst uh, than Ezekiel Elliott did and, and maybe deserves to get some more snaps and some more opportunities there. So, uh, all right, so you said he would be your top waiver wire target. I say mine uh, is going to be Sony Michelle, and that is even with uh, the game coming against the Buccaneers notwithstanding. I start to think that the Rams – are going to be using him more in the offense. Uh, we'll certainly wait to see what happens with Daryl Henderson this week as he's dealing with a rib injury, How you know if he's available and how much they might want to use him. But I still think that uh, the Rams don't necessarily want to lean on one running back as a true workhorse the way they did with Todd Gurley. I think for Sean McVay, those days are sort of done. Uh, and Sony Michelle being a veteran presence is a guy that I think has some long-term lasting value in this offense. Like I said, I, I know you said that you wouldn't play him this week depending on circumstances against the Bucks, um, but he does have to be rostered at this point, doesn't he? Yeah, I think so. I, I think for me, after Tony Pollard, Sony Michelle would be the next RB I'd be looking to add off the waiver wire right now. All right. Uh, so then, of course, to pick somebody up, we have to drop somebody. Uh, who would you be dropping this week? Yeah, I, I know I, I was pretty upset about Justin Herbert, but uh, I I don't think I'm ready to drop him just yet. But <laughs> I've been getting questions about people asking me if they should be dropping Justin Herbert. I don't think you should. I, I would be holding on to him. But some players I think you can drop this week, Marcus, are Zach Ertz, like Jonu Smith. He hasn't really gotten going yet. Trey Sermon we spoke about earlier. And then Marcus Callaway, who's been held to single-digit re uh, receiving yards in both of those first two games. I think he could be dropped as well. Yeah, the Callaway one is disappointing because I uh, I really thought big things were coming for him. And, and who knows, maybe they are, but the first two weeks uh, uh, have not really been good. I'm very surprised that people are panicked on uh, Josh Herbert uh, just this soon. Maybe because, you know, he didn't light it up against the Cowboys. I don't know. Um, one name I would add there is Philip Lindsay, who he's got touchdowns in each of the first two games, but I also don't think he's given you more than like 22 or 23 yards in each game. So, uh, you know, the touchdowns are nice, but as I always say, they are fickle beasts. You can't count on them each and every week. And if he's not scoring a touchdown, the floor is frighteningly low for him uh, in an offense that really has sort of turned to Mark Ingram as its primary runner and is still getting David Johnson involved uh, as a pass catcher. I I like Philip Lindsay, but it just doesn't seem like the, the opportunity is going to be there enough for him to warrant him taking up a space on your roster. I do want to ask you real quick, because I, I know one of the names that you thought about adding was, was A.J. Green. I'm, I know he had the touchdown. He had 44 yards receiving. I, I just I don't know if I can get behind A.J. Green. Are you, are you buying in that maybe he's going to be something? I think he's a deeper league ad only. Uh, I had a big mm. sigh there because, no, I, I mean – 
in the first two games, he's been second in snaps and in targets amongst their receivers. So I think he right now is the number two option. But the Cardinals utilize more four wide. Only the Bills use four wide receivers more than the Cardinals do. And I think as the year progresses, Kirk and Ronda Moore, if they keep playing how they are right now, they will steal more work away. But I think if you're in a deeper league and A.J. Green was kind of just sitting out there on the waiver wire, he has a safe floor where I think the other guys have the high ceiling. Yeah, uh, I, I did like what I saw from Rondell Moore, and Christian Kirk continues to look impressive through the first couple weeks of the season. Uh, you want more waiver wire stuff? Go check it out uh, on NFL.com at NFL.com slash waiver wire. Florio puts that list together each and every week. Uh, so scroll through there, read it, enjoy it, and, uh, and hopefully you learn and help make your fantasy team a little bit better. One last game on the docket for week two. That's Monday Night Football from Lambeau Field. Not quite frozen just yet. The Detroit Lions... Uh, fresh off a narrow loss at home to the San Francisco 49ers to open the season. They go to Green Bay to take on a group of Packers that I imagine will be quite salty after they were roundly embarrassed by the New Orleans Saints in the first week of the season. So uh, let's dive into this one for our own fantasy purposes. So coming in, the projection on NFL.com for Aaron Rodgers was 23.07 points for this one. So let's just set it at an even 23 over under for Aaron Rodgers uh, on that this week. Yeah, I think he's going to score more than that. He Since 2016, <laughs> Marcus, he's averaging over 25 fantasy points against the Lions. He has thrown multiple passing touchdowns in every game he has faced them and three or more in half of those games. Plus... He got embarrassed last week in, a, in maybe the worst way I've ever seen him. So he's going to come out angry. And as we saw last season, an angry Aaron Rodgers is usually going to put up very good numbers. So I, I think he goes off tonight. Uh, he has nine games against the Lions with 300 or more passing yards and two or more passing touchdowns. I think he goes over in this one as well. Um, look, he's had to endure a week of people questioning his offseason choices and wondering whether he was spending too much time hanging out with Miles Teller uh, and worrying about Jeopardy and not enough about football. So this is a soft landing spot against a defense that's not very good uh, with a team that he has historically tormented throughout his career. I'm expecting a big, big game for Aaron Rodgers. And then, uh, you know, he'll have some pithy comment to say in his post-game press conference and everybody will quote it for a week. And, uh, you know, we'll be back to normal again because nature is healing. Uh, and this is what happens. Look at the tight ends in this one. Two guys who, you know, I think a lot of people have expectations for who were productive last year. Uh, which one would you rather start, say, if you're putting together a daily lineup? Uh, Robert Tunyon or TJ Hawkinson? Yeah, it's not even close for me. It is TJ Hawkinson. He was big time used last week with 11 targets. It was him and the running backs here that Jared Goff was going to. And I think Hawkinson, the reason why we were drafting him as a top six tight end was for volume. Like, and he saw that in week one going off for nearly 26 fantasy points. So I think it's easily Hawkinson because last week, Robert Tunyon had just four targets and in games where he doesn't score a touchdown he averages less than five fantasy points that's what he did last week uh, I think Hawkinson could top that number even if Tunyon was to find the end zone this week I agree it's, it's Hawkinson for me just because he is 
the number one target in this offense. They're still trying to figure out their pass catcher situation. I mean, I'm on Ross St. Brown uh, was was next to invisible in week one. Um, they've got injuries. They've just got guys that don't really scare you a whole lot. So in, in terms of you know their wide receivers and tight ends, it is by far TJ Hawkinson. Plus, uh, he's got a new headshot this year. When he first came in the league, he was clean shaven with short hair. Now he sort of looks like Lance, a.k.a. the guy that, that sold John Travolta drugs in Pulp Fiction. Um, so I don't know if that I don't know what that means. I don't know if that gets you any fantasy points. But uh, if you're into that, uh, then T.J. Hawkinson is probably your guy this week. And, and as you mentioned, Robert Tunyon so far has been very touchdown dependent uh, when it comes to his fantasy production. Um, last week, while the pass catchers didn't do a whole lot, at least the wide receivers didn't do a whole lot, the running backs for the Lions were actually very productive. Both DeAndre Swift. Uh, and Jamal Williams had pretty good days against the 49ers. How confident would you be in having them in your lineup, whether it's season long or daily uh, tonight against the Packers? I would be pretty confident in both of them. I think DeAndre Swift, all those concerns that we had coming into the year, throw them away. Like the usage he saw last week, 11 carries, 11 targets, make a wish. Uh, I mean, that was just amazing (laughs) for him there. I think that if he sees similar volume to this, especially in the passing game, Marcus, like if he is like eight, nine, ten targets this week, then we could start talking about him as a must-start RB one moving forward. Williams, I'm a little bit less confident in because he's the backup here, so I want to see if he gets similar usage to last week. But I still think that you could flex him tonight. I mean, he went for 25 fantasy points against the Niners, who is a much better run defense than the Packers. And if Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay is going off, it could lead to another game like last week where the not, uh, the Lions are trailing big and they're just dumping off a bunch of passes to their running back as they try to come back into this game. I sort of feel like week one is going to be a consistent script for the Lions, and that's going to be you know fall behind, play from behind, and get a lot of your pass catchers involved. And until they figure out their wide receiver situation, those pass catchers are going to primarily be TJ Hawkinson and the two running backs. And so I think the thing and I don't remember who said this, but it's true. The the thing that we thought would be a negative for DeAndre Swift, a.k.a. playing in negative game scripts, could end up working in his favor if he ends up getting a lot of those short targets, getting him out in space, and letting him do his thing. And then because they have shown that they do want to work in Jamal Williams, he'll get some of that work as well. So um, as much as I, I want St. Brown to step up, uh, I think I think this situation – uh, really does provide some some interesting opportunities for those running backs. So uh, game wise, uh, Packers win this one. I, I would imagine that if they go down 0-2, there's going to be panic in the state of Wisconsin, right? Yeah, especially if that second loss is to at least you know you could you could swallow the loss against the Saints. They're a really good team. If you lose to your division opponent, the Lions, you're going to see a lot of panic. I think uh, I think the Packers win and pretty handily tonight. Yeah, uh, although if something goes bad, I think I may check in on Packers Twitter uh, and see how <laughs> things are going because I would imagine uh, there's going to be a whole lot of panic uh, if things don't go right for Green Bay in this one. So should be fun. Uh, of course, we'll be back on Wednesday to uh, talk about the week ahead as we uh, get ready for Thursday Night Football. But uh, first things first, let's finish off uh, what we got here in week two. So that it will do it for us. That is it. We are done. We appreciate you hanging out with the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, why isn't there a special name for the tops of your feet? Be safe, take care of yourselves, get vaccinated, and we'll see you on Wednesday.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Tired of pickup truck bed chaos? Meet Decked, game-changing USA-made full bed-length drawers for tools and gear. Waterproof, dustproof, lockable, secure. Whether you're working, hunting, fishing, camping, or just getting out of town. And introducing Decked Deco cases. Tough, modular, problem-solving cases built for the truck, job site, campsite, or garage. Say goodbye to random bins and tie-downs. Order now at Decked.com slash iHeart for free shipping. Decked, your truck, your rules. Decked.com forward slash iHeart. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.